from the Blazy Electric Studios. This is Sports Radio 100.9, The Mint, WLUN, Pinconning Bay City, Saginaw Midland. This is Sports Radio 100.9, The Mint. You've waited patiently all day. All wait. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. But Great Lakes Bay region, we finally arrived. At the payoff from high school. Whistling inside with the two-hand flush. To college. Just wait until March, bro. To the pros. And when they win. Not if. When they win. We cover everything a Michigan sports fan could want. This is uncharted territory. And now, here they are. It's the payoff. Thursday. Happy Thursday, everyone. Here we are, 100.9 The Mitt. Ben Bosher here on the payoff. Austin, Ben in the producer's chair. Thank you, guys. Thanks for everyone listening. Guys, I need your help today. I need everyone's help. Because I have completely changed my mind about something in the past 24 hours. And I'm asking for your help to validate this idea. Because if you're a regular listener to the show... What I'm about to say might surprise you. So this morning, the NFL Players Association, not not just this morning, but the survey came out. The NFL Players Association conducted a survey asking players around the league to grade their coordinators. Over 1,700 players took the survey, and the results are resounding. If you haven't seen them, well, here you go. Ben Johnson, 37 years old, bright young mind, in football, was not named in the top five for offensive coordinators. Hmm. Aaron Glenn, on the other hand, this is where it gets surprising. Aaron Glenn, 51 years old, not only was in the top five, but was the number one graded defensive coordinator. No other coordinator in the NFL has the respect of their locker room the way Aaron Glenn does. That's what the survey suggests. And I know what a lot of Lions fans might be thinking. Probably caught him off guard. Really? Aaron Glenn? With this atrocious defense? Myself included, that was my initial reaction. Because if you listen to the show, you know, like everybody else in Michigan sports media, we've taken shots at Aaron Glenn all season long. Everyone has taken at least one shot at Aaron Glenn since 2021 when he arrived with Dan Campbell. It was just so easy to blame Aaron Glenn for the lack of success in Detroit. Dan Campbell, he's this offensive-minded coach, really this culture-building guy. Everyone was really bought into it. It was a nice change of pace. It wasn't Matt Patricia. That, was, that alone was nice. They had this superstar young offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, all these fun plays, got a lot of these young guys involved, something new. It was exciting. It was this West Coast kind of thing. The offense found success before the defense did. So was Aaron Glenn a bad defensive coordinator, or was he just not up to par with the offense? Well, let's, let's go back to 2021, when he first took over as defensive coordinator with the Lions. The Lions that season allowed 29 points per game, second worst in the NFL. 2022, Lions allowed 25 points per game, fourth worst mark in the NFL. 2023, this season, they've allowed 23 points per game, 10th worst 
Scoring in general is down in the NFL. Okay, so there's improvement every year, but still, his best season is bottom 10 in terms of points allowed? All right, on the surface, that, that doesn't real, really seem all that good. But let's, let's take a deeper look into those seasons. In 2021, look at the roster that Aaron Glenn inherited. Trey Flowers, Romeo Okwara, the corpse of Michael Brockers, rookie Ali McNeil, Alex Anceloni, and the second, oh my gosh, the secondary, Jeff Okuda, Amani Awarie. What Aaron Glenn inherited in 2021 was criminal. I, I don't even think Bill Belichick could have made this defense half decent. So uh, to me, he gets a pass his first year as, as defensive coordinator. There was nobody on this defense. But best player was genuinely Trey Flowers, and we all hated Trey Flowers. 2022, they get off to that historically bad start. Through five games, they were allowing 34 points a game. It was on track to be the worst defense of all time in terms of scoring. But the last 10 games of that season, they allowed just 20 points per game. That's it, 20. So what changed? Well, it wasn't, it wasn't Aiden Hutchinson developing as the season went on. He was good from the get-go. Remember that three-sat game week two of his career against Washington? It was Aaron Glenn getting to know his personnel and changing his scheme throughout the season. That's what changed. Jeff Okuda, Will Harris, Amani Awarie. Those were your starting corners that season. <laughs> Will Harris and Amani Awarie aren't real NFL players. Neither of them see the field on a week-to-week -week basis. Awarie has played one game this year, and he didn't record a single sack for Jacksonville. I don't even think he's on the roster anymore. What Glenn made of that unit is honestly kind of shocking. It really is. Which brings us to 2023, this season. Week one, Aaron Glenn holds the defending Super Bowl champions and the best quarterback in the NFL to 20 points. Uh, they didn't have Kelsey. Don't want to hear it. I, I just, I don't care. 20 points. That's all they allowed. Week two, he surrenders 37 to Seattle. Okay, fine. Not telling you Aaron Glenn is Bill Belichick. I'm not telling you he's one of the best guys ever. But more importantly in week two, C.J. Gardner-Johnson and James Houston both get hurt and have not played since. C.J. Gardner-Johnson was the biggest free agent uh, signing that this team had over the summer. C.J. Gardner-Johnson was the guy they brought in to fix everything. Not to fix everything, but that was the big move. Now the Lions are missing their most important piece to the secondary, maybe who was supposed to be their best player on defense, and an edge rusher who should have been opposite of Aiden Hutchinson all season long. That's detrimental to lose both of those guys for the season, basically. Now both of them, uh, at least CJ's supposed to play this Sunday, James Houston potentially back for the playoffs, but still, you lost them th for the majority of the season. That's detrimental. C.J. Garner-Johnson led the league in picks last year as a safety. James Houston had, what, eight and a half sacks? Seven and a half sacks in eight games? That's detrimental. Odds were stacked against Aaron Glenn for the rest of the season. Yet, since week two, only two teams have put up 30 points against the Lions. 
Everyone has bitched about Aiden Hutchinson not being able to get home on sacks, even though he has 9.5 this year. The fact of the matter is, it's, it's just easy to double-team him because there's not another edge rusher on this team when James Houston's still on IR. That's not Aaron Glenn's fault. That's Brad Holmes. I'm, I'm not, not going to sit here and say, ah, but this is all Brad Holmes' fault. No, that's not what I'm saying, but Brad Holmes is the one that elected to not bring in another edge rusher in free agency or in the draft. Or at the trade deadline. It's not Aaron Glenn's fault. Jerry Jacobs, who was the starting corner up until that Denver game, he couldn't guard 57-year-old Michael Irvin right now if his life depended on it. Is that Aaron Glenn's fault? That that was the next best guy in the room? Or is that more so on Brad Holmes that he didn't draft another corner? And now where you can say Aaron Glenn screwed up is asking Jerry Jacobs to guard the wide receiver one week after week. But clearly, based on last Saturday, Cam Sutton eh, can't really do that either. He tried against CeeDee Lamb. Didn't work out. The personnel on this defense, just it's just not great. Unlike the Niners, there's not all pros across the field everywhere. That's not what this is. This is a bunch of no-name guys for the most part. A lot of late Middle round picks. And again, I remind you, two of the most important players on the defense have been missing all season. CJ Gardner-Johnson and James Houston. Those were essential pieces. Yet they've somehow managed to become a top five unit against the run all season long. Nobody can run on this team. You guys saw it in Dallas. Yet somehow over the past month, while Aleem McNeil, another starter, has been on IR... The Lions have put up the seventh most sacks in the NFL. How are they getting these sacks? It's not on the edge. It's not Aiden Hutchinson helping. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson certainly helped on Saturday, but it's not another edge rusher. It's Aaron Glenn's blitz packages. Ify Melifamu has been sensational. Aaron Glenn is scheming him up to do so. Just imagine what this unit could look like when C.J. Gardner-Johnson, James Houston, and Ali McNeil are all playing. You get three starters back potentially for the playoffs. So there you have it. I laid it all out for you. Now I want to hear your opinion on this. 989-837-6125. Is Aaron Glenn overrated and underappreciated? Was he fairly was he unfairly used as the scapegoat of this team? When in reality, he's turned chicken crap into a half decent looking salad. Not trying to tell you this is a Super Bowl team. Not trying to say Aaron Glenn's in line to become a head coach next season, which, by the way, he might be. Not selling you this is a Super Bowl caliber team. Or, or I, I do think they are, but defensively, I'm not saying they're going to drag the Lions through all these problems. But no other defensive coordinator in the NFL received more praise than Aaron Glenn based on these surveys that 1,700 NFL players took. He was rated number one. So I ask everyone else listening to help me out on this. 989-837-6125. That's the Frick Sports Bar text line. I want to hear from you. Was Aaron Glenn unfairly used as a scapegoat? And I'm not, I'm not dodging anything here. I'll blame myself a little bit for that. I think me and everyone else did that. I'm not afraid to admit when I was wrong. I think I was. I think I am wrong or or was wrong earlier in the year when I was saying, well, Aaron Glenn is costing this team. 
I think the personnel is just bad. And what Aaron Glenn has made of it, now that we have a large sample size of three seasons, what he's made out of the personnel, it, it's not all that bad. It could have been a lot worse. It's not like there's all pros running around on the field the way San Francisco has. There's one pro bowler on the defense, Aiden Hutchinson. You're missing three starters all year long, but it's a top five unit against the run. You're seventh in, uh, you're seventh in sacks in the past month. You have all these no-name guys that have turned into a pretty good unit collectively. In my opinion, Aaron Glenn has been a little overhated this year. Maybe even a little underappreciated. 989-837-6125. We'll get to your text messages next on the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. Back to the payoff on the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio 100.9. The Mitt. All right, let me, let me lay it out for you one more time. Uh, I think we mistreated Aaron Glenn throughout the season, myself included. That's why I say we. We're way too harsh on this guy, when in reality, this has been a personnel issue rather than an Aaron Glenn issue the entire time. I'm open ears if you guys have differing opinions. If you, if you still think Aaron Glenn is the problem to everything that this defense, uh, the, the main cause of all the problems on the defense, I'm all ears. 989-837-6125. You guys can text in, but I'm looking around at the, at the past three seasons now that we have a full sample size of Aaron Glenn, three straight years. First year, he inherited absolute garbage. Michael Brockers, Romeo Quara, Trey Flowers. Those guys were awful. He didn't have anybody. So pass on that year. Next year, all right, he's got rookie Aiden Hutchinson. But look at the secondary. Will Harris, Amani Awarie, Jerry, uh, Jeff Okuda. Like the fact that that group didn't end up being the worst defense in the history of the NFL, doesn't that kind of have to be credited towards Aaron Glenn? That's the same secondary that allowed 20 points per game the second half of the year. Wasn't perfect. Not telling you it was an above average group. It wasn't. Those are well below average players, though. Imani Iwari is not on a team anymore. Will Harris doesn't play. Jeff Okuda's down in Atlanta. That defense, eh. I think this is way more of a personnel issue. And even this season, CJ Gardner-Johnson has missed almost the entire year. James Houston has missed almost the entire year. Ali McNeil has been on IR for a month. Yet this has been a top five unit against the run. Yet this has been, the, they have the seventh most sacks in the past month. I think what he's generated with this team, what he's been given, is kind of sensational. And I'll be the first to admit, yeah, I think I was way too harsh on this guy. I think we all were earlier on in the season. He was the root of all the problems for the Lions. I think it was just a personnel thing. And I'm not going to sit here and say, what, Brad Holmes screwed up so many. No, 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 no. But Brad Holmes didn't get another edge rusher for Aiden Hutchinson. It's a fact. It's okay to admit he didn't draft a corner to go alongside Cam Sutton. He said Cam Sutton's going to be our cornerback one. That hasn't really worked out. I think he's more ideally a cornerback two in the first place. Good run stopper. Don't really want him guarding Justin Jefferson and DJ Moore every week. 
So Jerry Jacobs was the next best option. So they tried it out. And eventually they sat him down, and now they've got Khalil Dorsey playing. Woo! But you've been missing three starters all season and have turned this into a, a really good team, or not a really good, a really good team, an above-average defense on some occasions. And before we get to the text line, uh, Aaron Glenn interviewed with the Cardinals and the Colts last season. He got two interviews with the Cardinals before they ultimately went with the defensive coordinator for Philly, Jonathan Gannon. And I don't really have any Cardinals intel, but if I had to guess, they brought him in to interview him because they were impressed with what he found success with, with the awful awful personnel he had been given over the past couple of seasons. Again, I, I can't emphasize enough. What he was given in year one was awful. Awful. He didn't have anybody on the defensive side of the ball. So I want to ask everyone else, 989-837-6125, do you think this guy is overhated, underappreciated, or are you still in the camp that Aaron Glenn stinks? Because this NFLPA survey comes out today, and Aaron Glenn was listed as the top-graded coordinator in all of football. The players voted on that. The players graded their own coordinators, and no one had a higher grade than Aaron Glenn. A lot of Lions fans were caught off guard. This came out this morning if if you missed the top of the show. A lot of Lions fans were caught off guard by it. Myself included, but I I started to dive into it a little bit as I'm getting ready for the show. I'm going back over the past three seasons, and I'm like, huh. What he had been given has been garbage, and he's kind of made a half-decent team out of it. Yeah, I get it. This defense has been the Achilles heel of the team the past three seasons. But look at the roster. It was, bleh. That's what it was. That's what it was. And now you're looking at it like, uh, hmm. Aaron Glenn maybe got the best out of a lot of these late round picks. Ify Melifonmu started balling out all of a sudden. Why? Aaron Glenn keeps blitzing him up successfully to get to the quarterback. C.J. Garner-Johnson still needs to come back. Ali McNeil. James Houston. What does this defense look like all season long if C.J. Garner-Johnson and James Houston are healthy? Maybe we're not talking about this as, well, Aaron Glenn had this up and down year where some weeks we're saying he should be fired, some weeks we're saying that was a good game. Maybe it's, huh, our defense held up this year. Because what we always say, as long as the defense is average, league average, the offense will take care of the rest. And if you go through the Lions games, they're 11 and 5. All know they should be 12 and 4. Seattle, sure, if you want to go pin that on Aaron Glenn, fine. They gave up 37 points. Aaron Glenn's fault, whatever. Ravens game, yeah, that's out on everybody. The offense scored six points. They were just simply outmatched. So I don't think you can point to Aaron Glenn and say, that's why we lost. The Packers game on Thanksgiving. Goff had three turnovers, and Green Bay's defense scored a touchdown. That's not on Aaron Glenn at all. And then that Bears game in Chicago? Shoot, man, the offense scored 13 points. It's the second lowest of the year. (laughs) That's also not on Aaron Glenn. That's on Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson didn't even show up on this Players Association poll. Not in the top five, oddly enough. 
But yet somehow, for some reason, everyone is convinced Ben Johnson's going to be the guy to leave to become a head coach. Aaron Glenn got just as many interviews last year. Got a second interview with the Cardinals. Is there a chance the Lions are losing both coordinators this offseason? Oh, and then, of course, the Cowboys game. Cowboys averaged 40 points at home before we went to Jerry World. 40 points per game they put up. They only scored 20. 20 points they scored. Zero. Zero percent of the blame for that game should be on Aaron Glenn. So there you have it. I have one game where you can really look at Aaron Glenn and say, you cost us that. Sure, maybe there were some games where it wasn't Aaron Glenn's best performance, but they still won because the offense held up. Thinking about the Chargers game. But again, what do you want in that Chargers game? You want Jerry Jacobs to lock up Keenan Allen? It was, he's just outmatched. Jerry Jacobs can't do it. How is that on Aaron Glenn? How is that on Aaron Glenn? If you want to tell me, well, why'd you ask Jerry Jacobs to go guard Keenan Allen? Sure, I, I guess I can understand that. But Cam Sutton hasn't necessarily been super successful guarding those guys either. Brad Holmes is the one that elected to not draft a cornerback. Has it worked out? Yeah, they're, they're 11 and 5. <laughs> not sitting here saying Brad, uh, Brad Holmes stinks at his job. No. It's not what we're doing, but we are, we are talking this thing out. I don't think Aaron Glenn has been appreciated enough. And I'm telling you right now, I, I'll admit defeat. Like, I was wrong on this earlier in the season when I was saying Aaron Glenn shouldn't be the defensive coordinator. Aaron Glenn's going to cost this team a game at some point. I think it's way more of a personnel issue. Uh, let's hit the text line. You guys can chime in. 989-837-6125. That's the number to the Frick Sports Bar text line. Jeremy from Beaverton. Let me ask you a question, Ben. Do you think he got more interviews last year because of the Rooney rule? Oh, my gosh. Um, no. No, I don't. I think other teams saw what... He had turned this team into this personnel, this awful roster and said, how did you do that? We should get this guy in for an interview. I don't think it was because of the Rooney rule. Dwayne from Bay city chiming in. Um, good evening guys. Cam Sutton is not a cornerback one. He's a cornerback two. I believe if he had stayed healthy, Emmanuel, Mo that's the, oh my gosh, that's another thing too. Emmanuel, Mo I didn't even think about that. Emmanuel Mosley also got hurt. It's a great point from Dwayne from Bay City. It's a, that's a phenomenal point. I completely forgot about Emmanuel Mosley. He was supposed to be the other cornerback this year. He played one, what, two snaps? And then retore his ACL? I'll keep, I'll keep reading the text. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley would have been a better cornerback one. I don't believe Sutton is worth $11 million per year. Aaron Glenn is not, is not top-rated assistant because he's not good at making adjustments. Yes, the defense has made small improvements with the personnel they've had. I do believe when Houston, McNeil, and CJ come back, the Lions will be more dangerous, and I do believe Detroit will be in the NFC Championship game if our defense is peaking at the right moment. Yeah, sure. Um, listen, do I think Cam Sutton is worth $11 million? If he can be your cornerback, too, and you've got him for the next three years, two years after this, sure. Like, he's a really good in the run game. I think he can... Guard Darnell Mooney, Romeo Dobbs, Jordan Addison. I think he can do fine on those guys. It's when you ask him to guard 
DJ Moore, Justin Jefferson, Christian Watson, that's when it turns into a problem. I don't think he ever did that in Pittsburgh. What they're missing is a star corner. Everybody needs a star corner. If Cam Sutton can revert to a cornerback two role and take on less responsibility, I think he ends up being a really good signing. Really good signing. Um, but yeah, that Emmanuel Mosley, I, I completely forgot about that. He could have been cornerback two on this team too. Who knows what this defense. So really, ideally, they've been missing three starters all season long. Four in the past four weeks. It's hard to even remember Emmanuel Mosley because he missed the first three weeks, comes in, plays two snaps, and re-tears his ACL. Unfortunate. Um, 989-837-6125. In my opinion, Aaron Glenn has wrongfully been used as the scapegoat throughout the course of the season. Then I'll step up to the plate. I'll admit when I'm wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. I threw him under the bus a few times. I said he was the reason they were losing games, when in reality, I think it's just, look at the personnel that he's dealing with. Jerry Jacobs, even last year, Will Harris, Imani Awarie, what do you want him to do? There's not all pros everywhere like there is in San Francisco. I think he is honestly underappreciated. And when he's gone next year, if it's not an upgrade, I think people are going to start to realize that. 989-837-6125. You're listening to the payoff. Um, still, Michigan stuff to get to. I, w- I want to touch on Jim Harbaugh a little bit. And then, of course, Thursday tradition here on the payoff. NFL Week 18 picks. Last week of the regular season. That's still to come on the payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. More of the Great Lakes Bay region's only local sports show. Back to the payoff. Uh, all right, let's let's wrap up this Aaron Glenn conversation. We'll get to Jim Harbaugh. NFL picks still to come, obviously, every Thursday tradition. Um, I've got a lock for that. I'm in first place right now, ahead of John and ahead of Brad, uh, at a 55% win rate right now, just straight up against the spread picks. I've got a lock. I, f- I have feel, felt more confident about this pick that I'll tell you later on than I have been about any pick the entire season. And I assure you, it'll probably not hit. Uh, But back to the Frick Sports Bar text line. Aaron Glenn is decent, not great. I will agree with you 100% on that one. Hutch needs someone other on the other side of him to take pressure off of him and then watch his sack total go through the roof. 100% agree with you um, there on that one. He's so easy to double team because there's no help. And the Lions parted ways with Bruce Irvin, so he's, he's out the door. Hopefully, James Houston can come back for the playoffs. That will probably help out. But Charles Harris, Captain Charles Harris, otherwise known as Healthy Scratch Charles Harris, just hasn't really showed up this year. The Aquaras, real quiet this year. Probably should have drafted someone to help out Aiden Hutchinson. But maybe the idea was James Houston's going to be the guy. He gets hurt, yet somehow, some way. Hutch has nine and a half sacks. The team has 13 sacks in the past four weeks. Seventh best mark in the NFL. Um, all right. Jalen from Midland chiming in now. You guys can text in Frick Sports Bar text line 989-837-6125. I agree with you, Ben. Aaron Glenn has done the best with the lack of defensive players that we've had. I think once we get our key defensive guys back, it'll be extremely dangerous. Cam Sutton is a good wider uh, cornerback too. He's too small when guarding the top receivers in the league. Emmanuel Mosley is a much more physical than him, but he's been hurt. Ben Johnson is holding us back some. Here we go. If Ben Johnson can get his foot out of his butt and coach this dangerous Lions offense to where it's supposed to be, I believe the Lions with a good defense and a dangerous dynamic offense 
with a plethora of weapons can be NFC champions. There you have it. Um, yeah. On like, how many more times has Ben Johnson made you scratch his head this year than Aaron Glenn? Because you don't really expect anything out of the defense on a week-to-week basis, right? Especially with all the injuries they've dealt with. Like, that was supposed to be the Achilles heel of this team. Yet, there's some weeks, like that Chicago game in Chicago, offense was a no-show. A no-show. Even that game in Green or home Thanksgiving against Green Bay, like, Goff with three turnovers? I don't know if you can really pin that on Aaron Glenn, but there has been times where it's like, dude, run the ball. <laughs> it's, it's that easy. Lions can run on anyone, yet there's some times where Ben Johnson's like, eh. We'll see. It's the third quarters, too. My goodness. Every third quarter, they come out and just throw up all over themselves. It's so annoying. They just stop being aggressive, even though it works in the first half. Um... I think there's a decent, I don't want to say there's a decent chance, but I do think there is a small chance that Ben Johnson is the defense, uh, the offensive coordinator for the Lions next season again. And maybe Aaron Glenn's not because he got a head coaching job. It's not crazy. Uh, Let's move things along. You guys can still chime in on that if you want throughout the rest of the show, but I want to touch on Jim Harbaugh a little bit. We have all day Monday to preview the Michigan versus Washington game. It's what the whole show will be about. I can basically promise you that. Lions game means not nothing, but we'll get to the Lions game eventually. Um, they're locked in the three seed. Playoff games, what matter? But that, that Monday show that we run from six to seven leads you right into that game. Kickoff is scheduled for 730. We'll dedicate the show to it. But right now, I think it's important to kind of talk about, all right, Win or loss, what happens to Jim Harbaugh's future with the Michigan Wolverines? And I've come to two different conclusions when it comes to Jim Harbaugh's job status with Michigan going forward. A, the first thing I've come to realize, uh, there's not really, no, no, no. There isn't a better job out there for him than the Michigan football coaching job. All these NFL jobs can open up. The Panthers, the Raiders, the Patriots, Maybe, even though it sounds like Bill Belichick's just going to be there again. Um, Bears, you can cross them out. Sounds like Matt Eberflus is going to be back. Commanders, Chargers. First of all, why would he want to go to Carolina? You tell me one good reason. What incentive does he have to go there? I'm getting handed garbage on fire. It's a mess. Why would you leave Michigan for that? Raiders, very similar situation. Maybe, maybe a tad better. They're, what, 7-8 and eight on the year, but they don't have a quarterback. They have Devontae Adams, who's on the back end of his career, but they don't have an offensive line. Like, what, what do they have? Why would he leave Michigan to go there? Commanders, same situation. Why would he leave to go coach Sam Howell or a rookie quarterback? Like, they haven't built anything. Why would Jim Harbaugh go to the NFL if he's taking a lesser job where he can't win? which leads you to the Chargers. It's enticing. Los Angeles, the weather's nice every day. A little bit of that star status of LA. Nice quarterback, great offensive line. It's really enticing. And that's why all these people that you hear on our network, Colin Cowherd, say Jim Harbaugh might take that job. Maybe he will. I don't don't know. I think it's ridiculous to guess where Jim Harbaugh's going at this point with how this season has played out. 
But if he does take that uh, that job in L.A., isn't he kind of just another guy <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in that division? I mean, think about it. Andy Reid, Sean Payton are in that division. Jim Harbaugh is what? The first, second, third best coach in that division? Your path for having a home playoff game is beating Patrick Mahomes twice. Unlikely. Unlikely. The Chiefs have eight, eight straight division titles. You don't get a home division game unless you win the division. Your path to having a home playoff game in Michigan is being a top eight team in the country. And you either get a first round by or home playoff game. Seems like a much easier path for success. How is that a better circumstance than what he has right now? Not to mention uh, the recruits, the NIL, the transfer portal. That's all going to grow exponentially if Michigan wins on Monday. It's a snowball effect in college football. You win one of these things and they just keep coming. Michigan's had one top five recruiting class under Jim Harbaugh. One. It's probably going to change pretty soon. He's probably going to get more guys in the portal to come to Michigan. He's probably going to get a bunch more NIL money. A lot of players are going to want to come to Michigan over Ohio State, which hasn't been the case since Jim Harbaugh has been there. Whether it was Ryan Day or Urban Meyer, Ohio State has ruled the Big Ten in terms of recruiting classes. It's probably going to change if Michigan wins on Monday. Harbaugh received a contract extension offer of 10 years, $125 million, which would make him the highest coach in the history of the Big Ten, rightfully so, because no coach has ever three-peated in this conference. There's only about five NFL coaches that make more than that right now. And odds are he's not walking into an NFL building for the first time in over a decade and getting handed that type of money. You usually have to win in the NFL first. And granted, he has. That was 10 years ago. It was a long time. Now, if you want to tell me Harbaugh's reason he wants to go back to the NFL is he wants that Super Bowl he never won, that losing to his brother in 2012 keeps him up at night, and it's the one thing he's never accomplished, and he, he will not rest until he gets it, well, then I have no counter for that. Which leads me to my second point. If he leaves and sails off into the sunset, after bringing a national championship to Ann Arbor, which is a big if, still has to happen. You can't be mad at him. He delivered on his promise. Even if the NCAA takes it away from the program, you know what they can't take away? That feeling you had watching the Rose Bowl. That experience you had watching the Rose Bowl. The joy you had, the anger you had, whatever it was. It's one of the best games you ever saw. They can't erase your memory. Jim Harbaugh, if he wins on Monday, delivered on his promise. And for that reason, I don't think you can be mad at him if he decides to go back to the NFL. I don't think you can blame him. It's a big if. The point is, I don't think Jim Harbaugh owes Michigan anything if he wins this game on Monday. What more can you ask for? He got you one. Don't get greedy. Sure, like, don't get me wrong. There's not a better option. Jim Harbaugh being the coach of Michigan is the best option for Michigan. And what I'm telling you right now is I think it's the best option for Jim Harbaugh. If he wants to win and just be an umpire, Michigan's the place to go. You can try to convince yourself that it's L.A., but that's a tough road to the Super Bowl. It's a tough road going through Kansas City. Got Sean Payton in that division, the Ravens. It's not like he's going to show up and all of a sudden be a Super Bowl contender. And if he is, 
Congratulations. You're one of the eight teams trying to, trying to win a Super Bowl. You stay at Michigan, guess what? Competing to win the thing next year. Guaranteed. Promise. I don't think there's a better spot for him. Really don't. Now, then again, if the Super Bowl is the only thing he wants, if that's what he's chasing, go ahead. Go ahead. Walk into the sunset. Part ways with Michigan. And no one from Ann Arbor should be upset with him. Uh, NFL Week 18. That's where we're heading with this. Chargers, they're still looking for a coach. Who do they play? Um, We'll tell you after this, because we're going to do NFL Week 18 picks. Like I said, I'm in first place right now. It's just me today. So if I blow this first place lead, I can't blade anyone but myself. Uh, Those are still to come. Stay tuned on the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. Let's say Happy New Year to everybody. It's a great way to start the new year. Life gives you dissociation. The payoff continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. All right, we took a couple weeks off of the NFL picks for the holiday break. Have no fear. We are back. Uh, Last week, not last week, the last time we did this, I'm coming off an undefeated week. I went 4-0-2 against the spread. We're looking to keep that thing going. So, with that being said, let's rock and roll. Week 18, final week of the regular season. Let's do this. All right, Saturday. Saturday, Steelers. This is uh, the uh, 4 o'clock game because for some reason there's no Thursday night football and there's two Saturday games. Steelers, minus 4 in Baltimore. Yeah, you heard that right. Minus 4 for the Steelers. Ravens are going to be resting everybody. They already have the one seed locked up. Steelers are fighting for their playoff life. I'm not. Don't touch this game. Like, if you're a gambling person, just don't touch this game. Who knows what's going to happen? The Steelers could shoot themselves in the foot and the Ravens could end up winning this game. I recommend staying away. Uh, this next game, though, is my favorite bet of the week. Texans, minus one and a half in Indianapolis. Producer Ben, what is the magic number here on the percentage of people betting on a team that we fade? 70. It is 70. There is 96% of the cash is on Houston. That is an absurd number. We will fade the public every single time on that. Every time you see something above 70, just take the opposite. 96 is ridiculous. All the money's on Houston's money line. All the tickets are on Houston's money line. All of the tickets are on Houston's spread. All the money's on Houston. Everybody's on Houston. Houston without Tank Dell, 2-2, two two, both wins over Tennessee. Houston, 6-3 and three at home, 3-4 and four on the road. Meanwhile, the Colts... Have won six of their last eight, 4-0 at home during that stretch. I will gladly take the Colts here. Um, Sunday slate, Falcons in New Orleans taking on the Saints. The Saints are three-point favorites. I'm staying away from this. Don't like this division. This is like my worst nightmare. Week 18, every every game is a divisional game. Hate it. From a betting standpoint, absolutely hate it. These teams know each other. This is the second matchup across the league. Um, I'm staying away from that one. Next game, Browns locked into that five seed. Underdogs in Cincy by a whole touchdown, seven points. That's another one of those ones where everyone's going to be resting. I want no part of it. 
No, thank you. Goodbye. How about this one? Sunday. Jaguars in Tennessee. Uh, Jaguars are three and a half point favorites. This is do or die time for the Jaguars. Lose this game and all of a sudden your fate is not decided by you. It's decided by other matchups. Trevor Lawrence, it's time to find out what you're made of, bruh. It's been a shaky season all year long. You've been banged up. The number one pick for a reason, though. It's time to step up to the plate and get your team into the playoffs. You're up for a contract extension this summer, too. A lot of people are forgetting about that. This is an awful Titans team. We don't know who the quarterback is yet for Tennessee. We're still waiting to see on that Levis foot injury. I just can't can't confidently put my money on that. So I'll be taking the Jaguars. We're going to be taking a lot of the desperate teams this week. That's going to be the play going into week 18. Speaking of desperate teams, how about the Buccaneers minus four and a half against Carolina? Listen, the Bucs maybe played their worst game of the season last year, last week against New Orleans. They were shut out until late in the third quarter. They're in a win and in situation. A win means they are division champs. I think they show up sharp to this one, knowing they can't be messing around. Meanwhile, the Panthers are just bad. They can't score. They just got shut out by Jacksonville's defense, who isn't even a top 20 defense in the NFL. Shut out. They can't move the ball. Bucks are fighting for their lives. I'll take Tampa Bay in Carolina. Uh, Jets at Patriots. Patriots one and a half in Foxborough. I, pff, your guess was good to mine on this one. Two just awful teams. Could be trying to tank. Could be trying to win. I don't know. Don't bet on that. Um, I will say the Patriots always win. And I thought the Jets would be favored. Vikings in Detroit. Taking on the Lions. The Lions are three and a half point favorites. Chris Mullins is back in the starting role as Vikings quarterback. Jaron Hall got the start last week. Didn't go too well in Green Bay. So Chris Mullins is back. Sounds like Dan Campbell wants all his starters to play this week. End the season on a high note. Use that momentum going into the playoffs. If the Lions lose this game, they will have split with every divisional opponent this year. After going 5-1 and one in the division last year. I trust Dan Campbell to get the job done and cover here. We'll talk about it more tomorrow. Lions, I'll take them three and a half at home, taking on the Vikings. Here's another NFC North battle. This is going to be a good one, guys. Bears at Packers. Here's the circumstance. Bears, maybe the most feel-good team in terms of how the fan base feels about their franchise for teams that didn't make the playoffs. They're just cruising right now. It, it reminds me a lot of the Lions last year. And ironically, guess where the Bears are going? Week 18 to Green Bay. You guys remember what the Lions did last year in Green Bay? They kept them out of the playoffs. Their season was done going into that game, but they showed up, kept Green Bay out of the playoffs, ended the season on a high note, and look what it rolled into. Bears, exact same situation. Oh my God, they broke Carolina so bad on that trade. Carolina's broken right now. And that's because of the Bears. They have the number one pick. They're going to re-sign Justin Fields. They've got, they're going to have two top 12 picks, basically. They can trade back from that number one pick and get another first-round pick. They're feeling good about themselves right now. Meanwhile, the Packers, they got to win this game to make the playoffs. Now, if you're a Lions fan, we talked about it yesterday. You guys can go back and listen to it on Spotify, Apple Music, however you get your podcasts. You guys can go back and listen to the show yesterday. I, for one, want to play the Packers in the playoffs. 
That is my ideal opponent for the Lions in the first round, in the divisional round. So if you want that, you need you want the Packers to win. It'd be funny to keep the Packers out of the playoffs, but you know it'd be sweeter taking the Packers out of the playoffs. That right there would be awesome. Um, Packers are three-point favorites. I'm not betting on this one. It'll be a fun game, though. Cowboys, minus 13.5 against the Commanders. Stay away. Stay away. It's way too high of a spread. Commanders put up these random points at the end of games, garbage time points. I assume they're trying to lose this. Cowboys, they should still be playing all their starters. They're out of one seed contention, but they do have to win to lock up this two seed. And the division. Seattle, minus two and a half in Arizona. Um, listen, here, 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 here we go. Oh my gosh, I just completely lost. Where, where are my notes? Okay. Seattle, minus two and a half in Arizona. I don't like this game. Nobody knows if Seattle is good or not. Um, whether or not... Whether or not Seattle shows up on a, a, a week-to-week basis doesn't make any sense. It's, it's completely lost. Um, and I think I said I said Chris Mullins. That's an NBA player from the 70s. I meant to say Nick Mullins for the, for the Vikings. Okay, moving right along. Rams in San Francisco. 49ers are four-point favorites. They're resting everybody. The Rams are resting everyone. This is going to be a bunch of backups playing so i'm gonna go ahead and stay away from this one um eagles minus five and a half against the giants if you guys remember that christmas game the giants gave them a scare for that reason i'm staying out of this one eagles have looked like a mess of themselves the past month of the year they can't stop anybody this is one of the worst secondary you think the lions have problems in the secondary the eagles have it even worse ever since matt patricia took over it it went exactly how you'd expect it to who would have thought Broncos in Las Vegas taking on the Raiders. Surprisingly, the Raiders are two and a half point favorites. Every year they do this. When no one's looking, when the season's over, they start racking up wins. Technically, they're still in playoff contention. A lot of things would have to happen. They are two and a half point favorites at home. That's the first thing that needs to happen. They got to win that game. I'm staying away. Uh, Just two chaotic teams. You don't know what's going on with either of those teams on a week-to-week basis. How about Chiefs? Taking on the L.A. Chargers, who are three-and-a-half-point favorites over Kansas City. Reason why? Patrick Mahomes is not playing in this game. So what does this Chiefs offense look like without the best quarterback in the NFL? We will find out. Um, I still probably think they're better than the Chargers, but then again, who knows? These Chiefs receivers stink, but everyone on the Chargers is horrible. Everybody. Okay, Sunday night, game of the week. Primetime television, two of the best teams in the NFL, two playoff teams, two two teams that hope to make it to February. The Bills, minus three in Miami. The Bills have won 10 of the last 11 meetings against the Dolphins. They have owned this team. Time and time again, they are too physical for the Dolphins. Every week of the season, it feels like Miami is losing a starter on the defensive side of the ball. Last week, it was Bradley Chubb. Samuel Howard also left the game. Waddle hasn't practiced all week again. Could be missing a second straight week. Buffalo's fighting for their lives here. Potentially not in the playoffs with a loss. 
number two seed if they win. Miami already clinched a playoff spot. I will take Buffalo on the road in Miami to cover minus three. There you have it. NFL picks week 18. Like I said, first place. I I need the bragging rights. Hopefully we can uh, cruise this into the playoffs. I want to keep doing it. Um, But yes, a lot of great stuff to cover. We're going to get to the Lions tomorrow. We'll get to Michigan tomorrow as well. Huge game on Monday. What is on the line? Michigan in the national championship after an an emotional Rose Bowl victory, uh, taking on the Washington Huskies. Hey, it is funny, by the way, that the final year of the four-team playoff format, the final year before college football changes as we know it, who's in the playoffs? Who's in the championship? Two teams not in the SEC. Oh, doesn't that just bring a smile to your face? Winner, winner, chicken. Winner, winner, chicken. Yeah, no SEC schools made it. In, in fact, next year, this is a Big Ten matchup. Michigan versus Washington. That's a regular season game next year. They play each other in Washington. Big Ten, man. SEC might have ruled that, uh, that era of the four-team playoffs. I think we can all admit that. But this era of the 12-team playoffs? I don't know. It could be the Big Ten that, that owns this thing, that runs the table. Because once these SEC schools have to come up north to play home playoff games in the big house, in the shoe, in Happy Valley for Penn State. How do you think Texas is going to be able to hang in those games? Or Bama, they don't see cold weather all year. Florida, Florida State, come play in the snow. Let's see what happens. Uh, it's going to be fun. I, for one, am excited for what the, the college football playoffs are co- turning into. Because I didn't, well, I didn't really watch any bowl games. They didn't matter to me. Now we have 12 teams in the playoffs starting next year. And all of a sudden... You've got competitive matchups across the board. Just don't get rid of the Rose Bowl. Just please never get rid of the Rose Bowl. This is the best game I've ever watched on uh, Sunday. All right, we've got Michigan State up next. They're taking on Penn State. Big Ten play is officially underway tonight. Uh, Hopefully the Spartans can keep this thing rolling. They're off to a slow start. Now now back on pace to, you know, get back into March Madness. It'd be a ridiculous thing to say they they wouldn't be in the tournament, right? Right? (laughs) <laughs> All right. There you have it. That was the payoff, and I hope it was worth it. Thanks for listening, everybody. From the Blazy Electric Studios, this is Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt, WLUN, Pinconning Bay City, South.